Welcome to the Post Rugby Podcast with me, Anthony Andrews. My guest today is Ricky Cribb, or more popularly known as the Maori Mystic. Ricky has been involved in the game of rugby for over 20 years as a player and now as a mental skills coach, helping professional teams, including most recently the Brumbies in Australia, and also players individually across the world to improve their performance. Ricky combines pedagogy, sports psychology, and mindfulness to create a transformative mental skills approach where player welfare and holistic well-being are at the core. Ricky is from New Zealand and has previously lived and worked in the UK, Australia, Saudi Arabia, and South Korea, crafting his approach to mental training, along with working as an international teacher. In this time, he has created his own model for tapping into the flow state, using a combination of mental skills, mindfulness, and holistic well-being. And he says to fully grasp the ideal performance state or flow, one must go beyond the mind. So with that, Ricky, welcome to the podcast. Anthony, thank you, mate. Um, really appreciate uh, being invited on. And that was a great intro as well. That was, that was um, precious that you put that together, man. Uh, it's, um, yeah, thanks for that. Really appreciate that. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. No, I've been... Um, Really excited about doing a bit of research on you beforehand. I've been following you for a little while, um, following your work, and uh, yeah, super inspired and super grateful for your for your time today. Yeah, likewise. Cool. So, mate. So this rugby, uh, this podcast is is a little bit about rugby, and that um, you know, talk a little bit about the game, but we'll, we'll probably dive a little bit deeper into your mindset stuff um, a little bit later into the podcast but just for the listeners um tell us a little bit about your background in rugby so where it started and and to yeah where where you're at now within the game yeah uh so grew up playing like a lot of uh, young young kids in new zealand you know everyone grows up playing and you know rugby's huge growing up um you know everyone wants to be an all black and so on so i went through school Played with some really good good top players, um, university, getting some top players there. And then I sort of, for me, that was my um, probably sort of um, realized I wasn't probably going to quite go on and have a career and sort of lost enjoyment a bit um, in terms of actually playing. So cut it a little bit short there. I, I did spend a little, to- little bit of time in uh, England actually playing a bit um, at one point as well. And then... Um, at different periods in time on and off, but um, nothing too serious from probably back in my twenties, really. I sort of was more, more for fun and more, more just to um, socialize in that. Um, but at the same time, I uh, studied sports psychology and strength and conditioning. So, I mean, naturally my affinity to rugby was, was uh, continued through, through those avenues. And uh, so through university, I was involved with, um, high performance sport i was introduced to uh the high performance environment we did it quite a bit with the otago rugby system there a little bit with the highlanders and then from there was a kind of i guess off and on in terms of strength conditioning and sports psychology mental skills um until about three or four years ago when uh, after a period of international teaching as well, which um, enabled me to coach rugby and so on and work at a rugby school as well, a rugby academy, um, there being a coach and, and again, looking at mental skills and strength and conditioning. 
So three or four years ago, I kind of created uh, Rugby Mindset, which is the precursor, I guess, to the Māori Mystic. So a little bit of story behind that, but I'm sure we might um, get into that in a bit. And that was, for me, um, probably around the fact that there's not, not too many opportunities in sports psychology. Um, you know, it's, it's still kind of a growing field. It's still pretty... You know, I, I think the way that I started to look at it was a bit different as well. So I wanted to, you know, go, kind of create my own content and create my own sort of consultancy company through that. And um, yeah, I, I, over the last three or four years, I've worked with a number of um, players around the world at, at all different levels and um, pretty much all of the top competitions around the world. And like you mentioned, I was with the Brumbies briefly. Um, and Super Rugby. So uh, I guess I've kind of specialised a lot. Um, I know we talked a bit off here around the niche of things and naturally for me, my passion is is, is, is all around mindset and being and, um, you know, being present and, and, and so on and that holistic well-being and that's kind of where I'm at at the moment, I guess. So I do... You know, create content around that. I've got my course, my online course coming out, uh, work one-on-one and with teams as well. So mostly rugby, a little bit with other athletes. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of it. I, I guess I've always had some sort of connection there, to be honest. Um, and, you know, certainly being in New Zealand, it's always a part of the conversation, mate, whether it's the, the local club or the All Blacks, someone's, someone's got a bit of, bit of a talk around rugby yeah that's awesome so so is that is that would you say the one of the the strong drivers for you working in rugby is because you're you're upbringing in New Zealand or is there anything else any other qualities within the game of rugby that that has you know drawn you into working within the game uh yeah I, I would say it's probably just kind of quite a um just from being a kid, to be honest, always having that kind of connection or passion and that, that sort of um, progress from there, really, because, uh, yeah, it, it's I'm not really sure. It, it, it must be because I never really thought about it. I, I would mm. say it goes back to that nostalgic type feel and um, certainly as well, it, it, just having that growing up around it, having the knowledge about the game, you know, it allows for a lot more, a lot more connection there, and a lot more um, understanding and and understanding of where players are at. And um, yeah, it was kind of a natural progression, I guess. Thinking about where I've kind of gone through in terms of playing in university, study, and then uh, working in different roles through rugby, and naturally progressed to to doing that through my own sort of consultancy coaching, the multi mystic. So. Um, yeah, I, I would like to maybe expand into other sports and and maybe other roles, but um, around around what I do because obviously it's quite generic when you look at mindset and stuff. But I mean, ultimately, ultimately for me, I find um, you know rugby something uh, that not only there's a there's a big connection for myself, but also you know a lot of Polynesians. So I have a big connection there as well with a lot of Polynesian players and being being Maori myself that's probably a big connection as well with the sport of rugby and um, how, how a lot of sort of Polynesians are connected to rugby as well. Yeah. I've never actually thought about that too much, mm. but yeah. No, it's cool. No, it's great. And I, I, 
I, I, we, like I say, we were, we were talking a little bit off air about um, my stuff and, and starting this podcast and stuff. And I think that, that, that extra connection to the people that you're working with, I think is, is huge to get that buy-in and to get that trust because um, you've maybe shared similar experiences, you've played the game, you know, um, you know the, the, the challenges it brings. Um, so, yeah, maybe that you know, ha- does help that, that connection building. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it definitely does um, on a practical level, working with, with players, teams, you know, when you can, um, yeah, not that I'm a, I understand the game completely, especially, you know, when you work with professional environments or players, it's, it's you know, it's a whole other level. But yeah, yeah. just, just being, being able to break down different movements, positions, and, you know, certain terminology. I could imagine going into, um, you know, maybe basketball or something would be quite different where it wouldn't wouldn't quite have you know, much prior knowledge. So yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, you've got quite an interesting background then coming from an S and C angle and also a sports psychology angle. Um, you know, I, th- I think that's quite interesting. It, like, do you see that those two worlds starting to merge now? Do you see the, 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 the S and C coaches starting to kind of embrace mindset and, you know, mental skills, meditation, mindfulness, breath work, this kind of stuff. Are you starting to see these things start to come together now? Um, it's, yeah, I, I guess for me, it was just a, from studying both. I was interested in both and then kind of the sports psych was more of a passion. So it's kind of where it led from for me. But that's a great, great point that you talk about. I've actually worked with a few physios actually, um, around conditioning and the physical side of the game and um, you know and and they and in terms of the physio space is quite a the the people I was working with specifically were discussing what you're talking about kind of a holistic field opening looking at the complete picture so I'm not sure I haven't had too much experiences too much experience around SNC and I know SNC is very technical and there's but I'm pretty sure that um, there probably is uh, S&C coaches that are it's probably a, a growing field as well in S&C but certainly with a few physios that I've worked and talked with the whole mindfulness holistic well-being space is is being seen as really important and mm. um, you know and, and as well I have a, a friend who works at a uh, at a injury rehab kind of company here in New Zealand and he's saying the same thing he's starting to look at the mind a little bit more in the the impact of uh, well-being and you know the complete picture so mm. i mean thinking about it I, I i see that definitely trending because and i'm sure we'll get into it on the on in the discussion but when you break it down you know you ultimately we're, we're coming towards it is only really one one picture i i feel and you know you, you know you're talking about a um a human being or you know someone's who they are, or yeah, when you look at, when you start to look into everything, um, it's quite interesting too, when I'm with teams, seeing what the SNCs do, having a background there, you know, you can sort of, it gives, again, we're talking about connection, you can kind of relate to people um, pretty easily understanding that stuff. So, mm. yeah, for sure, 100%. And, um, you know, if when you, like the holistic well-being approach that I, that I uh, think is hugely important is, because it all is interconnected, right? And that's the holistic word. And 
Um, so how your nutrition affects how you feel and so on, sleep. And we, I, I do feel that the best environments will tie it all together and will um, look at the complete picture. Mm. Yeah. So let's go into that a little bit then in terms of holistic stuff. So let's let's just kind of start maybe with some of the mental things. So, you know, I wrote down here to ask you about getting beyond that physical element. So the physical element of maybe strength and conditioning where, you know, you do your your weights, your your conditioning drills. Um, but the next step up, I see it, or maybe the next step in the deeper aspect then is to start targeting like the, the mental side of the game. Um, like where, where did, where did like for you as a, as a mental skills coach, where do you start with that process with say um, a team that have never really embraced the concept of anything other than we need to be more physical. We need to be fitter to be stronger, fitter than the opposition. Um, where do you start with that conversation about moving beyond the physical? Yeah, that, that's an interesting point that you raise, uh, and because because every team is very different, right? Like if we if you use that sort of fixed growth mindset continuum, you know, I've been in environments teams and and worked in um, organisations where very fixed mindset you could even say toxic, right? And then you go all the way up to environments that are quite growth mindset. And then, you know, even beyond that environments that are very, very much that kind of cohesive, that um, chemistry, things that you you don't, you can't really describe in words mm-hmm. too much. There's a, a certain energy there. And just, um, sorry, Ricky, just to interrupt, just for the listeners who maybe are not aware of what a fixed and a growth mindset is, can you just... Um Give us just a, a short summary of what a fixed mindset is and a growth mindset. Yeah, yeah, no worries, mate. So it's uh, Carol Dweck, I, I believe her name is. She's, she's um, I think, the researcher behind the model, and it's, it's used. I, I use it quite, came across it in education. You see it a bit in rugby, and it's quite a well-known framework now. So the fix is sort of, um, you know, you, you don't think you can grow. You're static. Um, you know, you don't, you don't really take risks. You see challenges as things that are blockages, and so everything's kind of fixed. Or um, you know, usually there's a lot, usually more negativity around that because there's not, there's not much openness; it's more closed. Mm. And then you go to the uh, growth mindset, and you're looking at being uh, more open-minded, seeing failures as an opportunity to grow, embracing challenges. And you see a lot, you see a bit of this language coming out now from student teams. Um, and risk taking and so on, so uh, probably enjoyment would be in there too. So, I guess it's a culture of the environment, and the way I look at it is, is sort of sort of a continuum. Um, so, if you're talking about teams that haven't tried or don't believe it, again, it probably depends where they are in that continuum, right? Like uh, with my whole approach, I never, I never really try and import anything from I- any. Um, any anything at all from my perspective without the um without the the sort of two-way conversation so it very much depends for me i i would and, and you know it it might not be like you gotta you gotta remember as well if you're really fixed mindset kind of never done it always stick to what you've done old school maybe real traditional which um a lot of environments tend to be um you know, they're probably not going to invite you in, mate, to be honest, to have the conversation. So it's, yeah. I almost see it 
uh, yeah, it all it almost needs to be a bit of a um, and and you know I've worked in an environment in environments myself that you could probably say we're more fixed fixed mindset in terms of the culture, and you're looking at two or three years of talking about the stuff that again nothing really happens mm. because you just start to manifest a lot of the fixed <laughs> conversations and tendencies and resistance. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a a bit of a no real direct answer, but ultimately what, what I would do in terms of an environment that hasn't done it is, um, is get to know, get to know, you know, the coach or the leaders, the players, and just, you know, open the conversation up and see where they're at. And I mean, ultimately for me, it's about, um, you know, it's about giving that space for them to make decisions and grow and, and think and be creative and, and, Cause, because I'm, I'm very aware not to imprint, you know, I, I, I'm quite, I'm quite, um, aware of what the perfect probably might look like, but I'd never go and say, you know, do this, do that. Because I mean, ultimately, depending on where a team is, myself as a coach, I'll ne- you can never know exactly where they're at because mm. ultimately you're not them, right? You can't, you can't sort of go inwards. To they to to their consciousness and who they are and how they are in the day how they feel what's truly there so I, I sort of create that space and let them figure it out of it kind of create a bit of a greenhouse and mm. and it's it's quite a yeah, it's an interesting thing to do whether it's one on one or with a with a team obviously a team's got a lot more dynamics there but it's interesting because you know you kind of want to be like oh do this you can I suggest things for sure but you got to kind of let it happen at its own pace as well because yeah. you're quite organic because, um, you know, mate, you can't, you can't sort of, you know, trust is huge, you know, safety's huge and it, it does take some time. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of players don't, they're, they're, they're a, lot, a lot of individuals are probably quite fixed, certainly, um, depending on the environment or younger players can tend to be. So they're, ne- they're not necessarily going to trust like a consultant coming in, especially with mindset, which is quite a mm. quite a touchy touchy subject for a lot of people. But you know, I'm aware that you know they'll they'll look at the the leaders or they'll look at the experienced guys or you know they'll look at the coach and there's so many dynamics there that um, ultimately for me creating a dialogue of flow is is the the most powerful thing where mm. you know where 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 everyone's empowered and you can be open and vulnerable and and it there's just kind of like we're talking about the sort of the deeper what's what's at play in terms of the deeper um, levels of things and that the intuit, intuition and trust comes through and um ultimately that's where you can lead to that um real like, ideal environment i guess so mm. look, no, that's Matt, I know that's and um enough. i think i um i read on your i think it was your your in uh, your um, LinkedIn around this concept between that student and teacher relationship was was there some sort of um, Maori term for that that you used? I can't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah, so it's called um, ako. So ako is so it's used like I, I I was introduced to it in the New Zealand education system. So the education system is a uh, you know, it's, it's got English and Maori sort of um, concepts and ways of teaching and learning. So they kind of try and fuse both. So Akwa, yeah, it's exactly what I was talking about, mate, is um, flow really. So where, you know, just like now with, with me and yourself, 
it's where there's there's no real hierarchy there. There's no like I'm the expert, you're the listener, or you're I'm the teacher, you're the student. So when you acknowledge both, when you acknowledge, um, you know, people's uh, their own intelligence and who they are, and the intuition's just as powerful as yours, and it's quite a quite a humble way to to be in in any dialogue. Then it just it, the the ego that it can lower down a bit, and it the creativity can flow through so um and the intuition collectively can throw through and when you have that in a team then that that's sort of for me that's the once in a generation teams right that are that are you know there's an old saying put the team before yourself so ultimately that's at a practical level how you what how i would describe that and um and i and i to me, that's really the the only approach I use is to mm. to let kind of stillness be there and let let whatever flows in and out flow. And it's it is a it is a deeper intelligence that does, and the intuitive non conceptual intelligence does operate. Um, Socrates, I think, talked about the same thing. I can't remember exactly what he said, but the old, the old Greek philosopher. It was interesting when I heard it because I was like, man, it's the same as Uncle, where I think he talked something about, um, you know, they're, they're, they're being knowing nothing or something. And there's just a, I don't know how he described it, but he was describing it, the same thing, I think. So. Mm, mate, that's so yeah. interesting. And I think I um, I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day and you talked about that concept in terms of like elders and children as well in that, you know, a lot of people are have that kind of ego because I'm older than you, I'm up higher on that hierarchy whereas i think i remember you saying that like your 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 little child is it is it are they like one or two years old is like your your best teacher <laughs> or something like that i thought that was so interesting oh mate for sure like honestly man i wouldn't even try and compete with my kids for she's yeah my daughter's four yeah my boy's only um one and a half so and you know it's quite even my daughter who's four five now her creativity and just seeing her intelligence and presence. Yeah, I know I'm nowhere near it, you know, and I know that's the, that's ultimately, you know, there's ultimately a lot more intelligence or whatever you want to call it there than I, than I, than I have. Mm. This is quite a humbling thing. And, and same with, I, I guess, thinking about my boy, someone who's just fully present and fully consciously aware, giving us full attention to everything. I mean, ultimately that's what, um, you know, a lot of human beings talk about trying to attain this type of state, right? Um, and you, you know, I can just see it, see it straight away. So, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's a nice, humbling way to live, mate. For sure, mate, it's, it's it's amazing. And I think, like, maybe a lot of people listening to this who've got kids are just thinking, this sounds completely backward. Like, I'm I'm the one that's teaching this little human being how to be a human being where it's like you're, you're, you're completely bang on, is like when we are children, when we're young, we are in this state of pure presence all the time. And, you know, we go to school and we learn about, you know, what boys do, what girls do, what this culture, um, you know, what your community does, what your mum, your dad does. And you learn all these kind of things that ultimately end up just putting layers on top of you and that almost beingness and that presence-ness almost gets kind of like squeezed out of us as we get older in a way. Um, so let's, yeah, what, what, what's your thoughts on that as we get older? Oh, man, 
Mate, 100%. And it, like being a teacher for seven years now, you know, internationally in New Zealand, you, you quite clearly see that, you know, you, you can very, very clearly see that, uh, that natural curiosity, creativity. Like I teach kids from the age 11 and it's, it's mostly gone. It's pretty sad, to be honest. It's mostly mm. through the pressures, conditioning society and, and you know, you've got um, – social media there's so much there and um you know it's i think it's a, it's a good lesson as well that you, you go if you jump to the professional environments around rugby it's all oh, we want players to be in the moment to be intrinsically motivated enjoy energy and it's like well it's exactly what these the kids are right before mm. it's that natural state so you know, and I use a lot of this with players I work with, you know, because, I mean, ultimately, you know, it is a, it is a natural state to be in. And when you, when you sort of become aware of that, you can start to, uh, ultimately, that's what I try and um, the essence of my own coaching is for players to kind of realize and, and get back to that being like that, I guess, of just mm-hmm. being aware and just being present. Um yeah. And it's not that easy, especially mm-hmm. for a team. It's not not that easy because, you know, you imagine 20 years of being a certain way and quite a hard exterior, hard, you know, patterns and stuff. It's um, it's probably why that, you know, there's quite a large room for growth in this space. Mm-hmm. And um, But, yeah, for sure, mate, the teams that do this are obviously, you know, they're just – such a huge advantage it's it's the, the you know the when you really look at it the the competitive advantage or the you know the amount of what, what the energy and environments you can create it, it's unreal and it's mm. i think we're, we're only really at the start it's it's crazy yeah. to think mate right. like I, I i look at it like 10 20 30 years before it's really figured out you know mm. and um <coughs> I heard you talk a little bit about this concept and, and talking about the All Blacks and how they're a bit more tapped into this presence. Um, yeah, can you talk a little bit about the, the All Blacks in relation to what you've just been saying there about presence and, and these kind of maybe deeper aspects rather than the the kind of three-dimensional aspects of doing? Um, yeah, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about the All Blacks and why they've had so much success and yeah, how they tap into this stuff. Yeah, so I guess my first coming across the All Blacks was Wayne Smith. I was at university, I think, 2004 maybe, so like 16 years ago. Way back then, he was talking about the whole inquiry approach, right, and uh, empowering players and that whole sort of um, self-directed approach for players. So, you know, and I'm sure a lot of teams don't even do that now. So, And then you go to, I think, about 2007 when they lost in the World Cup. Um, so Graham Henry way back then so the biggest thing for them was okay we look like we're okay in all other areas it must be the mindset stuff so I think they quite explicitly went all in on it and um, Mm. Steve Hansen says in 2011 when he took over he went all he went even further I think in his own words perhaps so they had Gilbert Anoka there for like 15 years now mate so so for myself being interested in that space and you know following the All Blacks the, the the biggest tell for me is has has been the players. So whether it's on social media or what they do, and um, you know, you see you see them talking about being vulnerable. So Adi Savi has a podcast, and 
that's obviously quite a culture there that um, you see players talk about, you know, having balance away from rugby, the whole holistic well-being. Um, and then you see, so Steve Hansen used to talk all the time about pain intuitively decluttering the mind and um, players saying like Sunnyville saying things like be where your feet are. That's so pretty obvious that when you, when you look at it over the last probably, I don't know, five to 10 years that, you know, that it's become quite a norm there. And like, cause you're following, following it in media and players, I guess, I, you know, I, I didn't go in there and watch what, what the All Blacks do, but ultimately to have all that stuff there and to be, for it to be all, um, you know, well, not just a one-off, it was quite ingrained. It's like, and then you watch them play, right? It's like, man, all right, these guys are doing all this. And, mm. you know, it's pretty obvious when you look at, look at that. And, um, and then again, Wade Smith, you'll, he, he says things like, um, you know, they'll win and be on a high a week later. It's lost. So there's nothing permanent in it. And he's kind of pointing towards, you know, something's mm. kind of transcending that. And, he, he used to talk about things like energy and the importance of energy and a warm up and a bit of fun. So when you put all that, I kind of put all that together and I was like, man, you know, this is, you know, p- p- people think it's just the players and you know, they might have the best players. But for me, I mean, over quite a long period, I think that um, not just, uh, like you said, the, the mental skills, three-dimensional stuff, but the more being and energy and what they've done around that and, um, Again, some things with the Maori culture that's really about, um, you know, certain certain things they do around um, rituals and stuff, and obviously mm. the haka and so on. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty clear when you put it all together. Um, I do think you know I've I've, I've 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 put a bit of content out. I think that again that it's sort of probably not the environment it was. Uh, you know, they're they're gonna. I think they'll have a few challenges. I think that for whatever reason, they're just sort of not quite the, I might be wrong, but again, just sort of looking at, you know, they've had a lot of changes, a lot of experienced players. There. It's kind of, mm. I think it's kind of natural in sports. There's, there's sort of ebbs and flows and cycles, but um, definitely for sure, they still have, I, w- I would say that advantage of um, that, that deeper sense of kind of knowing themselves and aware, self-awareness and being and yeah. energy and, and um, and I, I work quite a bit with not only players in the northern hemisphere, but um, you know, uh, some coaches and academy managers. And by all means, that they, they, I don't know, but they, they and even players, they, they kind of tell me that there's not really the, even the the sort of sports psychology. The oh, you might you might know more than me, but even the just the mindset, free and mental stuff is still kind of not very common. Um, I don't know. That's kind of the feedback I get. I wouldn't yeah. know though. Oh, cool. So let's talk a little bit about this this um, concept of being. Like, what what's that all about in 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 your kind of mind or your terminology? So, what what is this state of being that that you've mentioned a few times now? Yeah, it's it's just for me being. So I use the word awareness quite a bit. Um, so just being consciously aware and aware and of of the moment, I guess. So if you if you break that down in terms of being, you can you can be aware of your 
obviously your body, your inner energy. So again, most people never, a lot of people, or most people never are because when your mind's that active and you've got, you know, you've, you kind of, like we talked about growing up and you've got that density there, you block all that off. Mm. And so a lot of people listening, they'll automatically go to conceptualize what I'm saying, mm. you know, and you've got to kind of, you got to, it's almost like coming completely away from that, the, the conceptual mind, because it, it, it generally takes all of our attention. So that's why it's, uh, it's always, a. Uh, you know, I'm very, very mindful of how, how, how to talk about that. So, um, if you're, if you're, if you're just aware and being and present, like obviously your senses, right? You can, your breathing can be aware of your breathing, um, your senses, what you can see here. If you give your full attention to that, whatever it is, and you're used to it. And even if you have, you, you know, even if you have thoughts come up, feelings, you know, you might have, um, whatever feeling there you might have a tendency or desire to do something or not want to sit down or you Mm -hmm. know whatever it is and then your inner body as well so again if you're just being in prison you can kind of sense the aliveness through your body as well so yeah that's what i would say being it's a state of consciousness Mm. um but i think the real problem is that because we're in such a mind dominant society um, you know, sort of, I, I, I guess most, I don't know if it's most of the world, but kind of Western society, I guess, um, you know, the, the, like straight away, we, we, we conceptualize all that. Mm. And, then, and then, and then a lot of, um, resistance can come towards that because you kind of get where I'm coming from because there's still, because we're in the mind so much that, um, you can't really grasp it, right? It's like yeah. it's like sort of, <laughs> it's like you're, you know, it's it's before you're, it's it's been able to be aware. If, if you're just being in your present, you're actually aware of your mind and your mind doing that. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a kind of a step back to it. There's um, it's a different state of consciousness to be in, to be honest. So, but there's ways to, to kind of you know start to, you know, instead of like a lot of people. You know they want to be present to to be better at this, or um, because it's it's becoming more of a thing to talk about, right? Like mm. mindfulness and present being in the moment. So people kind of jump on it in terms of maybe a trend or something to do, or they want to gain something. And again, that's a bit of a trap because you know if you go to sit down and force yourself to be still, or you start to do things and you're you're still there controlling it's. You're still in that that plane, do you know what I mean? You mm. mentioned the three-dimensional plane, you're still there. So, yeah, it's a little bit. I think it's yeah, it's a little bit tricky. I think um, I'm pretty fortunate with the players I work with because they kind of contact me. They they have a, enough of an awareness there. They they generally have thought about it and they're quite open and inquiring. You know, can be a bit vulnerable and want to learn and have a bit of um, intensity behind that. So. Whereas, to be honest, I would say, you know, for sure, the majority of players, um, even professional, probably, they're kind of still stuck. You, you know what I mean? They're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not quite ready to – yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to explain. you got to kind of – Well, the way you, I kind of see this stuff is, um, like, I like because I, I've done a bit of teaching myself, I actually taught maths for a few years um, at secondary school. 
And um, <clears throat> I see it as like for a maths teacher, you, you teach um, the kids before they go into their GCSEs, you teach GCSEs. Some kids, you know, maybe go to A-level. Some kids do further maths. It's like some of these concepts are almost like further maths. So like this deeper stuff is kind of like the further maths. So you need to kind of like start where they're at, maybe their GCSE or A-level level maths and like pitch what you're saying to them there, build their confidence there and almost kind of like structure it and um, scaffold these things up. But it's almost not up, it's almost in. Um, and yeah, so that's, I, I've kind of thought about that recently about, um, yeah, how, to, how do you kind of go about explaining some of these kind of deeper things like, presence like being um but the, the step like so so where does where's in relation to that where is the scaffolding for you like where do you start people off with you know you know like you said maybe people have, have contact you with that awareness um but if someone wanted to start something start somewhere from going from that mental dominated place to starting to cultivate this this sense of presence yeah um i mean it's it's what it's it's kind of a like that, that mass example is great you know it's, it's a good analogy to you know to put it that way and um certainly deeper math problems which are probably more of the intuitive right there's more mm. of a more of an inward inward process mm. to it you can't or you can't always technically um you know technically come come to the answer um yeah, I like that. so yeah i i would say mate that this is a quite a paradox. Like when, you, when you're when you're talking about you know being in presence, it's a paradox because you know although it's it's a little bit depending on who who you're talking to, it can be you know how do you explain something that points to nothing sort of thing, you know, <laughs> points to points to the unknown, and ultimately that's what you're trying to do, right? And, the paradox is because it's it's also very simple, like extremely simple, almost too simple, you know, because – and um, I think for me a, a good way is um, always with the short meditation around, you know, bringing attention to breathing in the body. And when you can you can practic practically get a sense of being as a, as a, as a state of consciousness, it's like oh, a lot of, a lot of the, the players I work with, oh, they kind of get it that – you know, through that means. And the other way is, I guess, um, so trying to point to it or asking questions or um, I think I think creating that flow in a conversation is pretty important where players, um, I, was, I was working with a young guy the other day in the US and just having that space for him, you know, like a lot of guys will tell me they've never talked to anyone like that or been vulnerable or never talked mm. to anyone about these things. So, just having that space and then like, I guess there's a trust there that, you know, there's a trust in me for kind of knowing, I, I guess through creating content and posting about the stuff that they kind of feel, you know, but almost a license to kind of go inward a bit and, and, mm. and be a bit vulnerable and, and just, just being that space can be a, a huge thing where, because, mm. Because I guess people, we don't usually take the time to to really just, you know, be there and and, and, and sort of observe and, and just be aware and 
Um, but it goes back to that uncle that we're talking about, right? Having that flow and that openness and safety and trust. And ultimately, the, it, it allows the players or player to – that naturally allows the energy for them to go a bit more inward because and be more intuitive and because it, uh, I guess you can't really – it's hard to quantify or describe that, but it is there for sure 100%, and that's the – that's the whole aqua, the flows, the two-way thing. And mm. and it's amazing to see because you kind of, you can, you kind of see definitely one-on-one there's a, that non-consensual intelligence can, can, can rise in someone when there's, mm. you know, when there's that, that energy there. I know, I know that might get, it might be a bit going out of, and a bit of a going out in space explaining that, but that's kind of what it is, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It, that's um, ulti- ultimately that's what it is. Yeah. Mm. And in terms of like that, that vulnerability angle, um, you know, I've started to get involved in like men's circles and and it just made me think when you were talking about this relationship between teacher, student, when you sit in a circle, there's no, you know, teacher at the front is everybody's kind of got that equal place on that circle. And I think, well, for me, from my experience over the last few months, I attended a, a retreat, a, a men's retreat, and we literally spent most of the time just sitting in a circle, sharing. And it was powerful because it, it allowed me to be vulnerable because I felt safe. And, um, and yeah, that's definitely opened the door for me to go into a little bit deeper. And that certainly um, accelerated my process of, you know, my work with meditation and breath work and cultivating this presence through the day like you talk about um so yeah do you want to just talk a little bit about like that that space around how men can feel comfortable enough to to start being vulnerable is that another little doorway to this this idea of presence yeah uh, for sure mate i think i think for sure it is um if it's genuine i think again there's it can be a bit of fakeness around there mm. you see people do it for attention or um, not everyone, of course, but people do it. There was a bit of a trend for a while, I think where, you know, <laughs> it was a, yeah. it was a cool thing to do. So if it's genuine, you open it up because I mean, ultimately you're, you know, you're allowing your emotions to be there ultimately. Right. And you're allowing your thoughts and talking about them. You're creating a bit of space. I think mm. space, space or awareness is a good word to use. So hundred percent, I think it's a great, um, it's a it's a great way or great tool. To, certainly, men's groups sound fantastic, and the circle is an excellent idea when you think about the collective energy. Um, yeah, I think it is for sure. Whether it's um, you know personal at home, and I mean, ultimately, if you break it down, it's like, well, what stops us from being vulnerable? You know, it's mm-hmm. what if it, what's what people think, or we, you know, we have an image. We're trying to protect it, so there's walls there, mm-hmm. which. What's, what's a bit deeper than that? It's our, it's our insecurity, right? It's that it's the idea of, of separateness that's at the root of that, the, the egoic forms that come up where identity. So if you break it right down psychologically, it's like um, most people aren't. That's why people don't want to be vulnerable, right? Or I work with players all the time and they're, you know, over Zoom, you know, I guess, you know, with myself, a lot of the players – you know, they'll tell me things from their childhood or, you know, things about alcohol abuse or things that are quite rough and, and they've never told anyone, but you see that you can see them just releasing the emotions and you, mm. it's ultimately, 
again, it's trapped energy, right? Like, mm. um, again, again, as we grow up, we're not taught that emotional intelligence in schools and these environments are pretty, um, you know, they're pretty fixed in society in general. So we hold everything in. You imagine that over 20 years, right? That, that energy, that, that frustration, anger, how someone made you feel, it's all trapped and trapped. It's, it's all inside you. And, you you know, we wonder why it's, it's difficult for, you know, well, again, if you look at the vulnerable side of it, you, you build up more and more shields, right? And mm. um, more security and more, and you look at social media now and um, it's kind of quite a good example where there's an image of, you know, a lot of people have an image and filters and there's like two worlds going on. And that's, you know, to bring the word vulnerable up to someone, to probably most people, it'll it'll scare the hell out of them, maybe mm. because because of kind of what I've said. If, if it, yeah. you know, it's and and I have a lot of empathy for that man, to be honest, because you know we, we're told to be a certain way. We, a lot of us hold things in, or a lot of energy there's trapped. So I think it's a powerful thing where, when you can be vulnerable and talk about mm. you know things that. Uh, we're really challenging because I think every human being, you know, has challenges or things in their life that are difficult to talk about. And but ultimately, the more you're you're aware of a deeper being or deeper awareness, the more you connect with that, the, then um, the vulnerable the vulnerable side's not so heavy. You kind of release a lot of that and. Mm. And then you, you're just creating all the space and awareness where, you know, even for myself personally, like my own sort of journey, I, I guess you could call it maybe oh, t- 10 years ago, 25, till now, in terms of my thinking and emotions, it's like I've lived the life of, you know, 10 different people. Mm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. it's, and it's always uh, not and – and I'm still learning and grow, but, you know, I, I could almost – quite quite comfortably talk about anything to be honest and mm. and in terms of in terms of you know being vulnerable and again I think even the word the meaning of the word can change a bit the more you you sort of grow and become aware because because it, because the the emotional or your thoughts the patterns conditioning it's, it's not so heavy and after a while it's nothing right when, mm. because compared to your being which is which is limitless you know the mind's really, it's really, you, you kind of discover and you, maybe you, you have yourself that it's really the mind and the emotions. You kind of see it for what it is, quite fragmented and limited. And mm. Although there's, you know, 10, 20, 30 years worth, <laughs> like it's quite dense. It's it's still ultimately compared to, you know, your being or your, um, who, who you are, that sort of, we talked about, you know, children, the true nature. It's still nothing, right? It's like, mm. Like like a grain of sand in, in in the sea, mate, or you know, and on the beach, it's and that's quite a powerful thing when you to realise and then teach that, and that's why I think it's such a cool time in um in rugby and sport because you know I think it's kind of the beginning of that phases, you know, kind of really it's already started really, and it's mm. gonna and what because do you of think the, like the potential like you talk about this energy like. So if you imagine a team of 15 players, they've all got some stuff that they're carrying, whether that's something that happened a week ago, five years ago, 20 years ago. Um, 
I was just thinking as you were speaking there, like imagine if that team of 15 or 18 or 20 are in an environment where they can let go of some of that stuff, like how much more energy they would have to be able to channel into that game or, you know, maybe thinking about retired players, that business. Um, yeah, can we talk a little bit more about this kind of like energy? Because I, I understand emotions. I've trained um, with the Czech Institute. I don't know if you've followed Paul Czech at all um, from the States. Um, he talks about emotions as emotion, the E standing for energy, energy in motion. So when, say, an emotion's not expressed and it, it, it can get stored, and like you say, you then build up layers around it. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'd be interested to hear your thoughts about, like, you know, what happens once you are able to release that energy and, and maybe some ways to, um, for people to, yeah, to, to maybe start exploring, you know, letting go of some of these things, you know? Yeah, it's all... Um... It's all energy, and, and I uh, I like to so if I, when I look at teams, I like to keep it very simple around energy, right? And I'd say the All Blacks probably have already done this, mate, as, as I alluded to. Certainly in 2015, if you look at that team, you know, with Wayne Smith, high emotional intelligence, um, you know, obviously they had a good team, but a lot of experience, and you see a lot of those players with experience have they're quite more aware, you know, of you, you kind of you look at the team and um, almost through the park, you know, a lot of that calmness, awareness, maturity. Mm. Generally, with older players, you think about it, right? If they've been in good environments, they've, they've processed things a lot, winning, losing, the highs, lows. And you look at that environment and the energy, you know, thinking about Wayne, Wayne Smith, how he talks about energy. So how I, how I uh, well, what it is, is the collective energy field, right? And it's unseen, but it's ultimately, you know, ultimately I think that's what makes a team, the team they are, and whether it's a great team or a team that's not so great. So, you know, like if you think of it as like collective field of energy, you know, if you add up all those fun warm-ups, if you add up like um, I seen the Hurricanes at a games room where you, where you can go before training, which I think is a great idea, and um you know, add up all that energy there where you're present, right? Because mm. you're back to being just enjoying and loving what you do, loving what's there. And as soon as that's there, and if that's there most or all of the time, you know, whatever that is, you know, whether um, you know, whether whether like um, so some team whether whether it's meditation or whether that's um you know, uh, just days off even, or balance away from rugby, this, all of those things. Like if, if I was any team, if I'm looking at a team, it's like where's the energy that we're creating? Mm. So you're either adding and creating or dissipating or I think most teams, high performance, that stress of winning and the pressure creates a lot of attention there, which is projection from the moment. Mm. And I think even some of the best teams are still there. So, if you imagine the amount, like you're talking about, if you can you can use a lot of these tools to bring your energy into the moment where there's no friction, which mm. is possible, you know, like a flock of birds flying. If you watch a flock of birds flying, there's no friction at all. There's just there's just this flow and sort of energetic harmony and intuitive functioning and this um, non-conceptual intelligence. And 
you know, you see teams get in that space now where there's a team with momentum or flow or they get on a run. But they, you know, it's, it's how can you hold that most of the time? And, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be the whole environment. It's got to be yeah. – there's so much you can do. Ultimately, for me, it's just, you know, is what can you do to, you know, like you said, release a lot of the emotions, be vulnerable because collectively, again, that's very powerful to – because when you when you when you when you release emotions, it generally creates more awareness within you, right? So you got that trapped mm-hmm. energy, and you release it. So you got more presence, you got more stillness there. Again, that's a powerful thing for a team. So the All Blacks they've kind of done all this, I think. When when you look at what they've done, they've they've had all bits and pieces. Um, I'm sure they, you know, they, you know, they could. I, I think, you know, if, if I look at sport, I, I kind of think in 50 years, right, where where this is all figured out and teams are like just these energy, you know, there's no friction sort of environments mm. of cohesive sort of energy chemistry. You imagine two teams playing each other at, at that level with everything else there, yeah, you know, it's sort of, it'll, it'll look superhuman, I think, mate, you know, yeah. I don't know, mate, I I don't know how it'll look. <laughs> mm, mate, it's pretty incredible. And mate, I've, I've, it's really interesting what you're saying there about creating energy. So like, you know, there's that, Maybe that forum to, um, you know, create space by releasing energy that you don't want, that's not serving you, not serving the team, um, whether that's, you know, sharing about whatever. It doesn't have to necessarily be super deep stuff, but then cultivating that, um, that element of play, that enjoyment, and that, that more kind of high vibrational um, thoughts and emotions. Because like you say, like, if, if your players are happy, they're feeling confident, they're feeling present, they're, you know, and everybody's in that same vibe, then, yeah, I think that's, like you say, going to create a, a real powerful team. So, um, mate, that, that, I think that flows on quite nicely to, to, you know, thinking about that whole element of play to, to, to maybe give you an opportunity to talk about your new um, online course. Is it called Play in the Zone? Did yeah, that that's right, right mate, yeah. Yeah, that, that's it. So, um, yeah, I'm, re- I'm releasing it May 1st. Um, it's taken me a while to get together and it's a lot more work than what I thought, to be honest, with the, you know, with um, sort of formatting and videos and, and content. So it's taken, it's taken a few months, but quarantine gave me a good chance to get a kit of it done. And oh, nice. um, I, I kind of wrote it pretty, again, pretty organically, just in a creative process and ideas. So, I think the chapters are expressing yourself. So again, what we've talked about. So being able to express who you are, and I, I think ultimately, when expressing yourself and knowing yourself, and then um, being being present or be here now. It's ultimately what we've talked about, I guess. When you when those elements are there in an environment that's safe and trusting, then you know ultimately you want that energy where there's no friction, right? And um, you know, a team with that ha- teams that have that. Oh, Obviously, they they generally go on to win things. So, and then the, the last chapter, specific mental skills, so ties everything together. So, um, yeah, it's it's um, you know taking me a while to do. I've kind of uh, I can't. Yeah, it'd probably be a lot to talk about the whole thing. But um, for anyone who's looking to, you know, from what we've talked about, just looking for tools, techniques, meditation, visualizing. At a deeper level, not just not just sort of that three dimensional mind, but to 
bring everything together, the, the holistic side of it, um, inquiry and, and really transcending and, and transforming how they think, feel. So everything we've talked about and in, in terms of, you know, if, if you're not quite, not quite, um, don't want to do one-on-one, then it's for me, for, for what I do and coach it or, um, the next next thing, I guess, <laughs> the online mm. is an oh, online sounds course. Great. And, uh, sounds great. Video I suppose with a, that could benefit not just a player of getting in the zone, but anybody really, like any like retired player listening to this that's trying to channel their energy into a new direction, a new career after maybe finishing playing, um, going from that team environment into potentially, you know, quite a lonely environment. Um, you know, cultivating that place of presence through play and learning about the mind and mindset um, and mindfulness can benefit pretty much anyone, right? Yeah, 100%, mate, for sure. Um, it's all, yeah, it's all quite, it's all sort of generic, I guess, mindset being. So I, I do do some, um, I, you know, I do coaches stuff with some business people and some um, organizations. Mm. And, you know, it's all, mostly rugby but different sports as well so maybe think of a player you know that transition is huge right from playing to to not playing so that you talk about what you're used to in conditioning so i mean if if you don't really have anything there it can i'm sure be quite a huge thing you know Mm -hmm. that just the transition and the different challenge the the change in environments context so and i'm sure it could open up the potential for struggle or challenge so um Hundred percent, mate. I, I guess it, when when you look at, at mindfulness being, it doesn't, you know, that inquiry, self awareness. If you to to frame it a different way, if you're a player who's who does all that in your career and then finish, could be a relatively seamless transition, right? Because because mm. of how you, how your perspective and, yeah. and where you're at, and, yeah, you know, and you're not it, attached to that, yeah, label as as the rugby player, for instance, and. And I suppose that that was probably a big part of my journey is understanding that, like, I, you know, because my career was like over because I had a bad knee injury. So it took me ages to kind of realize that I was still trying to hold on to this image of a rugby player. And once I let that go, it was like, oh, you know, it was, it was game changing. And once I had that realization and learned about, I think you mentioned a few times about the ego and, and how you know you develop these ideas of yourself um, that can be quite limiting. Um, but once you're in the present and you're you're not attached to this label of the rugby player, when you stop playing rugby, you're present and go right. What's you know I'm going to be present now with what I'm doing now. Like my rugby career was my rugby career. I loved it, enjoyed it. But now I'm going to get into focusing my energy into my family or into my business or you know, into something else, into, you know, um, yeah. And like, yeah, just being able to funnel that energy in a different, different path. Um, so I've got a couple of questions to finish, mate. I'm just, just looking at time and stuff. Um, this concept of the mystic, I'm, I'm like so interested in (laughs) all all things like this, but why the Maori mystic? What is a mystic to you? (laughs) Ah, that's cool, man. Uh, so I was actually so sort of coming up with my own um, brand, I guess, rugby mindset was, was what I'd come up with, right? So rugby yeah. is something that I was passionate about and into, and then mindset because it was that mental skill sports. Like, 
And then after maybe a couple of years, I was like, oh, man, it didn't, it didn't really feel that as authentically, you know, what I was saying or who I was. So, so I came up with the Moldy Mystic. Um, so Mystic to me is just, just points to the unknown. So, so sort of we look at, we can look at either the known, right? The mind, conceptual, the surface or the unknown. So I think the known can be like the surface of the ocean, the ripples, you know, coming and going, um, however you want to describe that. And then the unknown to me is like the ocean, right? A little bit mm. like the iceberg metaphor. And and a hundred percent, like unless you go beyond the surface, there's just there's just so much there to discover. And um, I think majority of people never go below the surface in their lives, right? And you can never look at those patterns or like you said, that identity or and the more and more deeper you go inwardly, the more into that unknown that you could say the mystical, I guess. You start you can start to see even unconscious, subconscious things that that are patterns. It's quite incredible. It is it is like going into the ocean and you know, and there's a there's a whole whole nother world there, this inner world. And um the power of, of that shift is that, you know, you you start to have control and create who you mm. want to be, create how you feel and think and identify more with your your being than mm. anything on the surface right which and that's quite scary is. for a lot of people right that's quite scary yeah. to go from that that surfboard where they're like right yeah I'm, I'm nailing this life to you know putting on that scuba gear and then diving a little bit deeper that can be scary for people right um oh 100 percent um I, I would say that most people are probably forced into it like um, whether that's through uh, pain or you don't feel like you've got another choice or, you know, you're really struggling with rugby and you, you, you're sort of looking for understanding why generally. But I think um, as well that the good thing now, it's quite, it's quite, um, it's almost the great thing with technology. It's quite accessible. So you mm. don't necessarily have to, you know, maybe listen to this conversation, a, a young, young player or any player might, you know, just be curious and you don't necessarily have to be forced into, but yeah. um, it just all depends. But for scary, I think I think it's um, scary for sure, mate, because, you know, we go back to that idea of security where, you know, we all, we almost like what's familiar, right? And I, I think a good example is um, some people use the example of someone in a, you know, toxic relationship. The familiarity, even though it's maybe toxic and negative, just the familiarity is enough for them to stay in it because mm. it's the known, right? And yeah. that security is, and it's, it's almost a subconscious thing. So it is scary, mate, but I'm um, sure. Um, but it's, for me, it's, um, it's a lot better than, than being, I, I use sometimes use a metaphor instead of being on the roller coaster, watching the roller, you can watch the roller coaster, you know, mm. so instead of being within and controlled and trapped and kind of um, life, you kind of the external happens to you. You don't have any, just, you know, you almost have no choice. Yeah. Whereas if, with an inward sort of understanding or inquiry unfolding, then, you start to you can start to not believe every thought or let things mm. go or recognize patterns that um perhaps your parents passed down onto you. So and the yeah, Maori side, man, just just on the Maori side was um kind of my connection to the the um spiritual side of, of Maori and yeah and um the 
culture of, of that. So I put the two together, man. And I love it. <laughs> that was I love it. it. It's great. It's great. And um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's great what you're saying. And um, and yeah, maybe maybe we'll finish off with just the last few questions. Um, maybe for someone listening, as you know, resonated with what you're saying. Um, maybe has been someone on that ocean that have has maybe just been on a boat their whole life or on a surfboard. They never even got in the water, let alone underneath. Like, what would you say to them for their first swimming lesson? About to dive into that water for the first time. Um, what, what are some like tools or tips you could give to somebody to just start to, um, yeah, just start to get a little bit comfortable with that water and maybe start going underneath? Yeah, I think um, I, th- I think the, the internet's great. Uh, I, I, I like to even, even even like myself now just to watch different YouTube or read different sort of people who who teach about being or you know being present. And you know, there's always you know always different perspectives. You know, people use different language. It's a really good way to get a kid an understanding to have that curiosity around that. I think is um, is good because you know people say things in a different way or through a different lens so and you know the internet's obviously you got kind of unlimited stuff on that so mm. that can be great just to get even an intellectual understanding but also you know you know again you know people do people meditate in different ways there's some you know great great teachers out there people who you know say things in different ways whether that's more direct or more of a because i think we're all i think people can take to things differently so you know, again, someone might have a, um, in terms of how you or I, or I say something, you might have more affinity with, 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 with the certain, certain approach to being or whatever, stillness, um, being present. So, um, other than that, I would say, I would say the most practical way would, would be the holistic lens. Um, because mental skills and mindfulness can get quite technical, you know, unless you're kind of, yeah, and there's a bit of misinformation there. Um, I would say the holistic lens, so and and starting to kind of find presence through that. So, um, you know, just being aware of what you eat and aware of you know how certain foods make you feel, um, how you sleep, and then maybe keeping a journal around that. And you know, and I still do that now. I'm still quite, you know, still kind of remind myself to be aware of that and how you know sunlight and, and how you know maybe you know um, being around certain people because. You know, if, if we're just in the mind all the time, there's a whole action reaction. We never really create any space, right? When, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like this most of my life as well. You're never aware of any of that. So the, the more aware I am now, like um, you might be around a certain person and all of a sudden all their negativities come on, you know, they kind of like um, projected it all onto you, right? Mm-hmm. And then you leave and you just sort of, before you might not have realized it, but now you're like, man, you know, sort of, be around that person or should I, you know, how, how often are on your phone? Because I think the phone, phones can be, although there's some great stuff can be pretty, can bring a whole lot of negativity through and reacting and, you know, comparing. So just be aware of how, how long you're on your phone and what you're like when you're on it and stuff. I think that can be huge for anyone, man. And it's not necessarily an advanced thing, but again, you go below the surface, mate. And, um, it's pretty incredible how, how these simple things can take our energy and how we can give. And, you know, it's, um, you know, it's still something that I, 
that I try and be aware of as well and learn mm. learn still. So yeah, yeah. no, that's awesome, man. It's um, yeah, definitely a, a journey that seems to never never end and gets <laughs> deeper. And um, but you know, it's it's one where you know well, you never finish, like I say, but you start to just feel a little bit better day to day. You start cultivating that presence a little bit more. You start being able to focus on what you're doing, start having a better conversation with, you know, a friend or a partner, or like you say, you start appreciating just going for a walk in nature. I think that was one real positive that's come out of this whole lockdown over the last 12 months is people have been able to spend time in nature and just appreciate just doing such basic things um, and appreciating them more. Um, I think, yeah, the holistic side of things is, is so, so crucial. And, and hopefully, like I say, this, this last 12 months has, has, has started to build that awareness in people because like you've said a few times, that awareness is, is the first step to, to, you know, getting an understanding of yourself and then starting to, yeah, go for those swimming lessons and start to go a little bit deeper. But I suppose, yeah, coming back to that analogy is it's, it's so important to maybe have somebody, an experienced swim teacher to take you down there sometimes as well. Um, yeah. What, what, what do you say on your experience with mentors for yourself and, and obviously now you in this place as, as a coach? Oh, mate, 100%. Without, and, and for me, it's just been on YouTube, man. So without that, there's, there's no way I'd sort of, you know, have the learnings or, you know, I've probably watched, I don't know how many hours, like 10 years worth, mate. Like not all the time, but mm. a lot. And just sort of um, just learning off that and pr probably learned a thousand times more than being at university for four years, you know. Mm. Nothing against university, but um, – I guess it was just a strong interest and pull towards it. So, um, but yeah, hundred percent, mate. The, the deeper you sort of go inwards, the um, there there is a lot more peace. Just like the ocean, right? The deeper down, that it's more calmness and peace because mm. you're not. I mean, when you think about it, if you're aware and mindful, you're not pulled into everything, or you're not always drawn in, or every thought doesn't because it's it's quite taxing when you think about it, mate. Because we pretty much think all the time, and we. We've almost got some sort of energetic pull there all the time. So mm. you imagine you're just on that surface, your energy is all, all limited, right? It's all it's all pulled into that. How much have you got left? You don't you don't necessarily have much left to, you know, be that be the best rugby player you can. Whereas you're very mindful and you you can let thoughts go, or someone says something that's annoying, you can you can even watch your response. Maybe you maybe a bit of energy of anger there. But you don't. You just let that your own anger go, come and go, and it. It sounds. It is very simple. Um, it sounds too simple. It doesn't. I guess if you're not really used to it, you might. You probably. <laughs> you probably won't believe me, but you know you can. You can. You know, watch your own reactions, but then just let it go, and it, you 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 imagine it, right? Now, here's an example. Someone says something, you get angry. You've got that emotion there. You react. And then you can think about it for two, three, four days, right? And then mm. maybe they come back. There's a karmic thing there. It can go on. Some people, mate, this can go on for a lifetime, a lifetime <laughs> at all. Someone, literally, man, there's yeah, a snowball. Yeah. Whereas, whereas someone who's perhaps more mindful and aware, 
someone might see something, you, you might have that re- emotion there, but you don't react, you, you let it go, mm. but, and you have empathy towards maybe where the other person was at. You think in an energetic level, mate, the difference, right? It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. So um, in terms of if someone, you know, um, you know, inquiring or wanting to sort of uh, may, maybe sort of look at how they're, who they are and, 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 um, and, and be more present. I, I think honestly, like the, the, the people I work with, like players, you know, in one session can, you know, have a huge shift in their mindset or being mm. or three sessions, you know, international players that work with some of the best in the world who might be really struggling, no loss of form, you know, anxiety, and two or three sessions later, back into flow. Mm. Now, um, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to talk myself up, but just trying to be objective about the fact that, you know, again, take meditation, for example, you know, there's so much misconception out there and it's a pretty tricky thing to get. But I, I find, you know, I kind of, I give a, I do a short meditation of all the players I work with initially and they kind of get it straight away. Whereas, you know, for that 10, 20 minutes, um, as opposed to, you know, people spend their whole lives with an idea of meditation and never probably actually get to that, mm. that different state of consciousness because yeah. there's so much momentum there with the mind and thinking. So, mm. yeah, uh, yeah, it can be, can be huge, mate, for sure. It can be mate, huge. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so last, last kind of question then, um, to the, 18 year old version of you maybe you're you're still playing rugby maybe just going to university um what advice would you give that 18 year old version of you to be honest man i don't i don't think i would have listened like a back to that example of fixed mindset i just think for myself at that age um I don't think I would have been really ready to re- really listen, mate, to be honest. Mm. Uh, and it's quite a good example of, you know, unless, unless someone wants, because you're kind of shifting your attention, right? No one can point you there in, inwardly or the other way. You kind of, you have to kind of be in a space yourself. So it's a good example, actually, that I, I don't know. It depends. Like maybe someone I really looked up to, I might have listened, but again, I think on at that age, I would have made 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 the concepts out of it. I would have made a mental, you know, I wouldn't have. I don't think I would have really got it um, because I wouldn't have had the real uh, passion to to do it at the at that age. So it's a good example of you know that some people just sort of you know we will learn in our own ways or. Some people, you you know, you probably like. Oh, I'm even aware of. I'm working with a team. I'll, I'll be quite aware. There's players, and I'll kind of know that. There's no point mm. saying anything. You can, you can create friction, right? Yeah. You can kind of make it. You can kind of make it worse, or there's a resistance. So I would say myself at that age, quite a strong ego, young. You know, probably quite a inner turmoil in a lot of ways, sort of things to deal with uh, emotions and so on. So I would have probably created resistance possibly to, you know, oh, what's that? That's nothing. You know, you create this whole resistance to, you know, why would I do that? Potentially. So it's interesting to, to think about. I'm always amazed because I work with some players who are 17, 18, 16, right? 
And I'm, I tell them, mate, I'm blowing away with where they're at. You know, you know, guys in like the UK ringing me, we're having a conversation. They're, you know, they're saying all this, you know, kind of being open and and, and meditating and all that, and you know, wanting to inquire and, and all this sorts of stuff. And I'm, I always say it like you guys are well ahead of me at that age. Um, but I guess we're all on our own journey, man. And um, generally, to a you know, if, a, if I was talking to an 18 year old rugby player in general. <clears throat> um, I, I would probably, you know, I would, I wouldn't say something as such. I, I'd probably um, try and just uh, point them to just. I think the, one of the most powerful things is just to to get in touch with that being side of it, and mm. then you know, because because you kind of um, and through a med- through meditating or breathing because. That's just you can no matter who it is, and in any instant you can have that shift in that consciousness, right? Mm. Um, like there's always that possibility. So I'm always an optimist in that sense. And so maybe with my younger self as well, going through that real practical stuff, just to be like, oh yes, yeah, so there is, because you know, um, even even at an older age, mate, I might have been 24 and someone you know, had taught me breathing and meditating, and but it was all wrong, man. You know. And, like you know, I was twenty four and uh, twenty five even, and you know, I was, I was controlling the mind and fixing this point and force breathing, and that's not even eighteen, right? That's twenty five. So mm. you know, um, yeah, and I kind of learned. Hold on, through YouTube, I was like, man, this is this guy. You know, this is what, what's happening here. You know, it's kind of kind of amazing. And what, what are some of just just name us a couple of people that you've um, watched quite a few YouTube videos on that maybe someone could go and check out. Yeah, mate. Um, so the, the guy I started with a while back, just just randomly, was Krishnamurti. He he's kind of very sort of very much into inquiry, quite deep inquiry. So I mean, you got to be pretty. <laughs> bit of motivation to watch it and listen because it takes a while to understand so you've got to be pretty um have a bit of a bit of energy to want to do that mm. so at that point i did so not everyone does um muji's pretty cool man i don't know if you know muji yeah. um yeah quite like his he's, he's kind of quite a direct yeah 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 direct into being and you know breathe just breathing and he kind of guides you into meditating a bit he's, he's quite it's quite good quite entertaining and I think Eckhart Tolle's quite popular, right? Mm. So, um, spiritual teachers, yeah, they're all spiritual teachers. So, <laughs> oh, I guess it kind of shows, amazing. Yeah. And again, that that word "spiritual" has its own kind of connotations with a lot of people, especially in the West. But, um, but I, I've, I was the same. I, I thought of spirituality a few years ago. I was run a mile. Um, yeah. But now, once I, you know, opened my mind up to it. You know, I I see myself as someone with a, a growth mindset, almost too growth sometimes, because I'm just like, just always like want to learn more. Um, but yeah, the word spirituality yeah. for me now is just about cultivating that feeling of presence and learning about, you know, these kind of deeper aspects. It's not necessarily about, you know, going to church or following a particular religion as such. It's about that kind of inner inner world um, for me. So yeah, I... I you know, love learning off these girls and guys, the spiritual teachers, and and most of the stuff. Even to this day, I still don't really get 
but listening to something, not getting it, but then sitting with it and just pondering it is a practice in itself, right? Oh, mate, for sure. And that, that was, um, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm, I don't, because of the connotations and, and, and the word and the meaning people associate with spirituality and can be turned off, I don't use it too much because, mm. because it's exactly what you said, right? It's very simple about just being, being and like, it's, it's a funny thing, mate, because you look at rugby and they'll talk about flow, being in the moment, being present. And it's like, well, you could say spirituality if you want, but as soon as you <laughs> say that, you know what I mean? People are kind of yeah, like yeah. completely switch off. And I, I probably would have at a younger age too, mate. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, um, and it's, mate, it's, it's, a, it's a good, so yeah. That's yeah. great. And like, I think that would be a nice little place to, to, to kind of wrap up the interview. Um, I mean, I could speak for you to, for hours on, on this stuff and go deeper and deeper and deeper, I'm sure. But just mindful of the listeners' time and your time, obviously, as well. Um, so do you want to just th- finish off by just letting the listeners know um, where they can find you? Um, and yeah, just signpost the listeners to, to to follow your stuff, basically. Yeah, so I uh, mostly on Instagram. Um, so, so I put most of my content. And, and to be honest, like, I do get quite a lot of messages of people that just through following my content on there on Instagram or, you know, can have big shifts and, you know, some of them say, you know, life changing sort of stuff for them and, you know, big difference in their mindset around rugby. So, you know, that's all you, you do. I think a lot of you will have found value in that. And that's obviously just all there. Um, and you know, there's all my links are there as well. And LinkedIn, I, I, I go on LinkedIn as well, still sort of working out that space a bit, but similar stuff, really similar content that I put out and my online courses or LinkedIn, it's all together. Those are the two main platforms, uh, to be honest. So yeah, there was one book actually. So you mentioned YouTube, the mindful athlete, George Mumford, I think, I think it's an excellent mm. book for any, okay. um, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Mindful athlete. Um, yeah. Mate, Bye. thank you so much for your time. Um, that was that was awesome. Um, we'll have to, yeah, maybe link in again sometime. Um, yeah, I'd love to chat to you more about this stuff one day. And um, yeah, yeah, best man. of luck for your launch of your course. Hope it all goes well. And yeah, I launched an online course myself earlier this year, and it's like, yeah, it's <laughs> lots of resistance, but it's it's yeah, it's an amazing process, and I'm sure um there'll be loads of people signing up and wanting to learn from you because yeah you're you're saying things that not just the rugby world but the, the world in general needs to hear and, and how to integrate these concepts from this 3d western head dominated world into that presence and that beingness i think it's amazing what you're doing mate so thank you yeah thanks man appreciate it. oh look it's Man, it goes deeper than that, man. I would say, mate, that, um, you know, in, in terms of a deeper purpose for me is that um, I don't think the human race will survive, man. I think it's a very critical, mm. like, you know what I mean? Unless no, it's mate, I, I agree with you, mate, yeah. There ain't, there ain't long on this planet, mate, before, yeah. you know, because yeah. unless there's this, this psychological shift, man, you know, you look you look around the planet, mate, and it, it, it's it's being pretty, and and then division and and so on, and oh, it's insane, man. So mm. I think cri- critical is probably a, another another yeah. word to use as well. 
Well, mate, keep doing what you're doing. Start that ripple and, yeah. you know, going back to the water analogy, hopefully your ripple will turn into a tsunami and you'll, um, yeah, hope, you know, help a few people kind of wake up to these things. And, um, yeah, I wish yeah. you well, brother. Thanks, bro. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate your time as well, man. It's been really enjoyable chat and um, all the best with what you're doing too, mate. And I'll, I'll, I'll keep um, following along and... Um, yeah, be be awesome to catch up again sometime, and and um, yeah, it's uh, always cool to see people in the same space, man, and 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 adding adding something that that is very much a needed thing, mate. And and rugby for sure, I think it's it's just huge the um just the room for growth there in rugby for sure. So awesome to see people like yourself as well, man, jumping on. So hey, Thank take care, much. man. Have a good day, and uh, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. See you later. Um, so thank you for listening to the post rugby podcast with me Anthony Andrews and my guest today Ricky Cribb Um, hope you enjoyed the conversation if you want to continue this conversation with other former rugby players join our free Facebook group Uh, there'll be loads of stuff going on there over the coming weeks Um, and as well as sharing obviously all the interviews there'll be challenges and some more um, information and hopefully inspiration to help you live a happier and healthier life post rugby Thank you, guys.